1: Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
0: Let's talk about the reality of food insecurity. Let's talk about the reality of people who depend on the generosity of their fellow Canadians. And I'm talking about food banks. But let's talk about the situation facing Canada's hungry. On Thursday, this past Thursday, Food Banks Canada released its 2022. Canada Hunger Count Report. And food bank use in this country has risen to its highest level in history in 2022. One third of food bank clients are, you know what the next word is, don't you? Children. Hunger Count 2022 also lists the solutions which Food Bank Canada says must be adopted and reached to address Rising record food insecurity. Kirsten Beardsley is the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of Food Banks Canada. Ms. Beardsley was with us last weekend, and we talked a bit about this report that was coming, and here it is. Kirsten, thank you, and how are you today?
1: Thanks for having me again. I'm I'm well. How are you doing?
0: Well, I'm I'm well, and I I I, I thought we'd be seeing numbers similar to the ones that your report released, but I'm still shocked at the at the size and the reality of, of what's going on in this country. So let me just quote, Canada's food banks straining under historically high demand that crested to almost 1.5 million visits in March 2022, up 35% compared to pre-pandemic visits during the same time period in 2019. 1.5 million visits in one month.
1: It's it's devastating. And, and as you said, I mean, in some ways... We're all feeling the pressure um all of our budgets are stretched but to see these numbers and realize that behind each one of them is is a person is the mm-hmm. story a heartbreaking story of someone who's just not able to make ends meet it's it's hard to you know even for those of us who are in this business it's really hard to stomach um this this growing level of need in canada
0: yeah i just had a thought as you were speaking what happens to those 1.5 million people the 1.5 million visits in one month if the food banks aren't there then what
1: i mean i can't even fathom i know communities would come together but that's and that's you know that's what the original food bankers were trying to do they were trying to come together to find a solution their neighbors had fallen on tough times it was the early 80s you know, pretty tough t- economic times then as well. And then, um, you know, they, I think they thought they would, you know, our doors would be shut. They'd collect the data, they'd figure out who these folks were, and we'd find some solutions to support them out of poverty. And here we are, 41 years later, and the situation is more dire than than ever before.
0: Yeah. We're a first world country. We're a food basket country, supposedly. We shouldn't have people missing meals and worrying where the next meal is coming from. And bless you for doing what you're doing, but people shouldn't be saying, without the food banks, we wouldn't have anything on our table tonight. Um, so food bank clients who reported employment as their main source of income increased to 14.1% versus 12.5% in 2021. So employed people making a living, making a salary, earning a salary they represent 14% of your clients so clearly we have a we have a food issue here a security issue we also have an income issue here and we heard yesterday from my guest on the issue of uh, of food insecurity that income is more important to the equation than rising food prices would you just address that, please? Just the, just who's in most need? Because you talk about the report talks about seniors accessing food banks. Eight point nine percent versus six point eight before the pandemic. One third of food bank clients are children, representing approximately five hundred thousand food bank visits in March of this year. Kids, students' visits to food banks increased to seven one point one percent in 2022. These are numbers. Put put some context to this, please, Kirsten.
1: Yeah, so these, you know, the the workers is an interesting one. It's still, you know, it's still low. 14% of the people who use food banks are working. But what is shocking there is it's growing. Whereas it had been sort of a steady number, um, it's growing now. And then when you add folks who are on EI, employment insurance, so that means they're recently out of the, the workforce, um, it goes up to twenty percent. So these are people who we would consider still part of the active labor force, and what it means is that a job isn't enough anymore to save you a trip to the food bank to put food on the table for your families. So, um, you know, we don't have supports in this country that were built for the current um, labor force. You know, we've got the gig economy, we've got you know way more precarious work um, than when when most of our supports were built, which was in the '90s, and you had you know, a different type of job, more steady sort of 40 hours a week. So we need to figure out solutions, in particular reforms to EI, that will help people get back on their feet so that losing your job doesn't mean you're going to have to, you know, Rely on the food bank and no one who is employed should be going to the food bank. And that's, that's simply the reality. And the other one you mentioned is seniors. So it makes sense. It's an income equation, but we're also focused on the affordability side of the equation as well, because, you know, you've got seniors who are on fixed incomes and prior to the pandemic, probably were making it work, paying whether that's a mortgage or rent. You know, paying their utilities, putting food on the table, and they simply aren't able to do that anymore. So incomes aren't keeping pace with the growing costs. And I mean, no one wants more seniors having to make that trip to the food bank. So we need to find solutions that allow them to, whether that's bringing, you know, affordable housing, some, some rent relief into people's bank accounts or bringing up those fixed incomes. We need to find solutions. Um, students. As you said, another one: post-secondary students. I mean, that's heartbreaking. These are these are the future. These are the kids who should be focused on their studies so they can solve, you know, all the big problems we've got. And yet, we've got a growing number of post-secondary students who are going to class hungry and having to rely on campus food banks. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a devastating. It's a really heartbreaking report.
0: Yeah, the numbers are really disturbing, and the fact that this is the it's the highest use of uh, food banks in Canadian history. Uh, this should be a um, Primary issue of commitment to all levels of government. And people say, well, government can't do everything, but government can pragmatically address issues of great concern. And uh, as you write, uh, as your report suggests, Food Bank Canada's Hunger Count 2022 report is a devastating wake-up call for all people living in Canada and our governments that we must take action to starve the hunger that is destroying communities and lives who do you rely on who who, who do you, i mean who supports the food banks and uh, wh- where's your breaking point
1: yeah i i mean here's here's what i know if you i'm not i'm not without concern that the system won't be able to meet if this keeps growing food banks cannot simply be called on to just meet the next, you know, another 30% wave of need. I mean, it's just not a realistic request, but I do know that food banks are tough and food bankers are out there right now, rolling up their sleeves and making sure that the shelves are stocked for the, for the months ahead. And we'll keep doing that work. But at some point we need to see the number of people relying on us coming down and, you know, I think we we feel the generosity of Canadians from all walks of life. And, you know, if you are in a position to give, that's always greatly appreciated. What we also need is people to lend their voice to getting governments to take action. As you say, it's all levels of government. It's not a partisan issue. There are, you know, every party has a role, you know, has a way into this issue to make things better for people in need. And so we need All of us, because quite frankly, the politicians are going to act if we make it unavoidable for them to act. And I really think hunger is an issue that sometimes suffers in silence and we don't see the devastating impact it's having. But these numbers are unavoidable. This is not a good situation.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you find your favorites.